0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Cantorian. and You! Appreciate you checking out the podcast here, and today we've got Scott Kaplan. Also got an update, the drama we've been dealing with, with the uh, the U with Two Ws. More on that in a bit. First, I do want to say regarding Scott, I know we've got some new people checking out the podcast, because Scott certainly comes with a lot of fans, and he was kind enough, his network, to tweet out and send links out to this, uh, to this podcast. So I wanted to welcome you and, uh, let you know that I've been doing this here since I lost my gig over at FM 94.9, the beginning of the year, even though I worked over with Scott for a very short time (laughs) over at 1090, you can hear some garbage trucks behind me here. I work out of the house now. You hear that? But, um, yeah, since the beginning of the year, I launched this U Network, which you can find at uonline.com, Y-E-W-Online.com. It's an entertainment website, and uh, we produce a steady stream of content, podcasts, videos, articles around action sports, music, craft beer, cannabis, and uh, Mexican food, <laughs> which is, by the way, my favorite vertical. And uh, we've got a bunch of podcasts in our network, uh, including... Chris Cote, one of my partners here at U, he's got the Monday Mass, he releases that every Monday. It's an action sports show. We've got a craft beer show called Let Me Drink About It, a, uh, a cannabis show called Canna Culture. We're gonna be introducing a uh, music show here in 2018, along with another surf show. We've got a Mexican food show. These are all podcasts that are connected to the U Network. And then, uh, of course, this show, which, uh, again, I've been hosting since around the beginning of the year. And uh, if you want to check out previous episodes, check out uh, a guest I had in here, uh, Troy Johnson, that was fantastic. Troy is a uh, food writer and personality, Food Network here locally, San Diego Magazine. We had a great chat. Also love my chat with uh, Sam the Cooking Guy. And this one with uh, Scott Kaplan is something else too, because this is the first time I personally have heard Scott uh, talk about his um, his divorce uh, on Mike, and we get into that along with a lot of radio talk as well, because that's where I know Scott from radio, and he's always been a guy who's been very supportive and cool to me in my career, and uh, appreciate him for that. Especially the last run at 1090, because that was so foreign and weird for me. Scott was really nice in helping me uh, get my legs, even though I only had my legs for two weeks. <laughs> Scott uh, was certainly throwing me uh, throwing me a rope or a net or you know was a net for me a couple of times while I was there and I'll never forget that. Do want to thank our sponsors I mentioned last podcast we just signed on Surfer's Healing Izzy Paskowitz a legend. Speaking of uh, another podcast you need to check out check out the sit down I had with Izzy Paskowitz. That's a fantastic episode. Izzy's just an amazing human amazing human being, and uh, he's got a son, Isaiah, who's autistic, and uh, with Isaiah, they've been running, and his wife, Danielle, the Surfer's Healing Foundation for 20 years now, surfershealing.org, where they take children who are dealing with autism out in the ocean and uh, introduce them to surf therapy, and that has just profound results. Obviously, they've been doing it for 20 years. So this holiday season, if you're looking for an organization to give to, uh, I, I, ple- I encourage you, please, to give to Surfers Healing, and you can do so on their Facebook or via their website, once again, at surfershealing.org. And uh, Tory Holistics, also a sponsor, they're having a party this, uh, they wanted me to mention, this Saturday, if you're in the San Diego area and uh, near Sorrento Valley, behind the, uh, the collective, if you will, they've got a bash going on called the Candy Cane Kickoff Fiesta. It's a lame name, <laughs> but I back it because they're going to have free tacos and the uh, first hundred patients will get goodie bags with purchase. There'll also be vendors on site, musical guests, including Rico from Ease Up. It's the uh, perfect time to go buy, do some holiday shopping if you've got someone on your list that's uh, down with cannabis related products. Okay. And they're in Sereno Valley and online at toriholistics.com. So the last couple of episodes, before we get to Scott Kaplan, I've been talking about the platform, You, and how we've got this platform that uh, we started here a while ago. And another company on the East Coast was promoting a platform on Instagram and Twitter called You As Well, But You with two Ws. And at first, I just freaked out because that's what I do. And then after breathing, I realized that, uh, okay, wh- what what do I do here? And I reached out to my friend Alex Kassendorf. Alex, I friggin' love you. Alex and I have been friends for uh, for 30 years or so. How long? No, 20 years. I <laughs> don't want don't to date us too much. But uh, Alex is an attorney up in LA, but I know Alex from San Diego. He's a, he's a local guy. And uh, he's also a Radiohead fan. And we're both in the Radiohead fan club. And when I worked at 91X, Alex would listen to me on the radio. And and one time I was on the air talking about how I was going to a Radiohead show in L.A. And if anyone wanted to jump in the car, I'd be happy to drive them if they were headed to the show. And Alex called in. And sure enough, Alex and I went to the Radiohead show together. And uh, we've been friends ever since. And that was like back in, like I said, late 90s. So I reached out to Alex, who is now an attorney. He was in law school at the time when we first met, and I said, "Hey, dude, can you send something over to this uh, this media outlet, Barstool Sports, that is promoting you with two Ws?" And he did. He sent over a cease and desist. They were quiet for a couple of weeks, and since then, they uh, they never responded formally, to my knowledge, but they have since renamed. They're platforms, no longer you with two Ws. It's now, and I'm happy promoting them, Gone Patrol, G-O-N-E, Patrol. So there's no more you with two Ws. It's the same content. They just changed the platform names after uh, receiving, I imagine, the letter from my friend Alex. So I wanted to, to thank Alex for, for sending said letter and also thank the folks at Barstool Sports for changing the name of the platform. Because when this all happened behind the scenes, I had people like, dude, man, you can get damages and all this money and they're worth millions. And that was never the objective. The objective was, can you change the name? And they did. And I really appreciate that. So thank you to uh, all the execs over at Barstool. Appreciate you doing the right thing. Big thanks to South Coast Surf Shops before we get to Kaplan here. South Coast Surf Shops, they've got five locations in San Diego between PB and OB. If you're doing some uh, holiday shopping regionally here in San Diego, please, I encourage you to stop by South Coast Surf Shops. You can also buy stuff online. In fact, if you go to SouthCoastSurf.com, buy stuff at the, uh, on the website and at checkout, enter the promo code U with an exclamation mark. That's Y-E-W exclamation mark. U. You'll get yourself 15% off South Coast everything at SouthCoastSurf.com. And when you go into the shop, if you mention you, I think they'll give you like 10% off. But either way, I mean, regardless of the discounts, I've been saying this now for a year, support your local surf shops. Go into South Coast. Don't don't give Jeff Bezos and Amazon your money. If you want to continue living in a thriving community, you've got to support your local businesses. And that's what South Coast is, a local business. Uh, the people who run the operation, I promise you, are beautiful people. You want to support these people. They've been going strong since 1974 for a reason. They carry the best shit. <laughs> the, uh, they've got the raddest staff and uh, the best prices. I mean, honestly. Go to South Coast Surf Shops, PB, OB, or online at southcoast.com. All right? Scott Kaplan. The Controversial. Scott Kaplan. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, man, thanks for the breakfast burrito. Yeah,
1: right on. Tell me the inspiration. So, um, I love cooking breakfast, but I, um, there's this place up in, I guess it's Cardiff, called Pipe's. And they just mix it all up into one big thing, and then they wrap a huge burrito. And that's what I want. <laughs> it worked, man. But I'll eat
0: anything, anytime. You're like, hey, are you going to be hungry? I'm like, I'm always hungry. I, I already had breakfast. That's breakfast number two for me. <laughs> so thank you. And This is uh, quite the view. I love the fact you can see the ocean from your place.
1: Yeah, uh, it, is, it is a great view, I got to say. I mean, I think like, I really wanted to live by the ocean. I wanted to see the ocean. Now I've done it for a little while. I can live without it. Really? Yeah. I say that. I mean, maybe I'll move away and I won't see the ocean. Then I'll need it again. I don't know.
0: See, my thing is I don't see the ocean, but I'm in the ocean mm-hmm. about three to five times a week. Mm-hmm. And I just got done a four-day run of, of surfing. And it was the most amazing experience for me because I hadn't had four days in the water consistently, just straight through, probably for years. And, and it's such a magical thing. Do you get in the
1: water? Or do you just look at it? I don't really get in the water. I haven't surfed in ages. I do like to get in it during the the summer. I like to get my body soaked in it. Um, But I know, like, you find it religious, you know, like surfing. Yeah. You know, I I don't have that love of surfing. I mean, I'm not saying I won't have it at some point in my life. I just don't have it right now. I look at um, down there, and I think of, like, all the cycling I've done from here you know south of Del Mar all the way up the coast up to San Francisco you're nuts man with the cycling well I I have been nuts I'm not nuts right now you're on a break I'm off the bike right now (laughs) okay
0: I'll come back to that I do want to ask you though because you said in your reference yeah it's a spiritual religious thing for me and it is because it is a form of therapy where do you where do you ground yourself are you a spiritual guy do you get it in different activities
1: oh man I'm hard. I have a hard time grounding myself. I'm like, I'm like one of these people who never stops, you know? Yeah. And so it's hard. People talk about meditation, you know, you got to really practice it and you got to really work on it. And I don't do that nearly enough. I've done yoga. I I don't do it right now. Um, I just, I I don't know right now I'm in such a place where I'm just, I'm going all the time and I actually love it. I do love it. I feel like there's less chaos, even though there's just as much activity. <laughs> I'll tell
0: you, no, I get it, but I'm enjoying the space. I know the chaos you speak of, I don't miss it right now, I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. But I know it, and I saw it firsthand, even during my, um, my short bout <laughs> over at your station 1090, I witnessed said chaos. I was extremely, extremely impressed by, I'll, I'll be honest, your work ethic. I was amazed by how much you had going on in this team and these people you were working with consistently and it was an inspiring thing to see because I haven't had that in quite some time
1: well thanks actually it kind of makes me laugh a little bit that you say you, that you know you, you found me to be hardworking I did because we'd worked together before you know and um, I think that there was a healthy respect amongst us right that man i like when i watched you work at the union tribune or when you you were going back and forth in between radio i was like man chris and I, I there's a hustle factor not everybody has that
0: but during that time at 1090 what i saw there was something that i used to have in radio that i haven't had i guess in so long yeah, and it was just it. inspiring well, to see thanks. that
1: i see what you're saying cuz you know listen when you're when you when you're being forced to do something that you don't really feel comfortable doing it is uninspiring yeah right but when you're doing something that you love the the um the pace with which you do it you know the passion with which you do it, i mean that, yeah. that that that's on cruise control because you just love it
0: exactly and i did feel that with you but what was interesting too though is when we were at the ut together i looked at our t- i looked at that experience as we were on equal footing we're both radio guys, broadcasters who were thrown into this unconventional situation. Yeah, right. But when I went to 1090, dude, that experience was so. I didn't feel like I was on equal footing with anybody there, and I felt like such a bastard child, and I was like, holy shit, here I am in your house, where we were guests in another house. This time, I felt like I was in your house, Darren Smith's house, and I didn't belong. Mm. It it was really a mind fuck at the time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let me me ask you this. Seriously, how how many months has it been since that experience happened?
0: long enough that I'm totally comfortable talking about yeah. it and I'd love your insight as an outsider and you're way more business savvy than I am. Mm, I don't know, man. Uh, you are. So talk to me from your perspective, what did you see?
1: Well, look, I I felt like you were a guy who's a radio professional, you know? And I think that 1090 at the time is thinking Kevin Ac has been our sports columnist voice at night, and I don't really have any idea about the particulars about his contractual situation. I, I assume that maybe he had come to an end of a contract, and that's sure. why I'm just assuming. And then they said, "Well, let's take a risk. Let's try something different," you know. But if if you're gonna take a risk, then you gotta um, you gotta really. I think. Well I'm just This is just me I'm a planner You know Right So like I'm not Going to do anything I, well, I don't generally Just jump into something I kind of think things Through a little bit And plan things If And I think You and I talked About this for sure That if it were me And I were You know Invited to uh, Consult if you will I would have said let's, let's take a little bit Of time A week Two weeks A month Whatever it may be and Let's really define What it is That you want to do In this new uh, Chris Cantori show On a sports talk Radio station I mean, it, it really it doesn't even fit. It's it's like taking a, a square peg and fitting it into a round hole. Is that 100%, the phrase? Right? Yeah. You know, it just it doesn't fit. So how does how do you make it fit? Right. You know? And I guess there was not a lot of time to to transition. Um, they just wanted, you know, to throw you and I'm sure you were probably excited too to get back on the radio, you know, and so then it happens fast. And then it just would be my impression. That for someone like yourself who'd been doing music talk, you know, you play some songs, you come back, you talk, you take some calls, fuck around, whatever. Yep. Um, Now, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, wait a second. This first segment's 20 minutes long. 20 minutes. Dude. 20 minutes is a long time to talk daunting
0: yeah it's like nothing I've ever experienced in my career yeah.
1: you know it's funny because people say to me now even a lot of times me and Darren Smith you know we have a really good healthy professional relationship so together. you guys
0: don't hate each other
1: oh not at all man I know <laughs> it, it, seriously like again it's, it's a healthy business relationship we have We're, we you know we don't call each other and hang out he comes up here to this part of town he tells me the story the next day on the air yeah hey, I was in your part of town go, you call me man I'll come, right. come, come meet you <laughs> uh, and, and I get so, it but but you know, sometimes he and I talk, he'll say to me, I'll go, what are you going to talk about today? Because there's, you know, because he, he, and he plays it on the air, like, oh, there's nothing to talk about. And he, he that's his act. Um, me, I'm like, dude, no problem. Yeah. I got plenty to talk about. Like what? I don't know. I I mean, I, I have shit that I brought. Yeah. And I've got hours worth of material that I think I have.
0: But your son playing
1: football. And then, and then I'm going to just talk about the stuff that people relate to. Right. You know? And, and, um, That's the stuff people react to. I I can't even tell you. I was, um, last night, I was at the USD San Diego State basketball game. So, you know, inner city rivalry. So, for all your listeners that aren't in San Diego, it's just a big college basketball game around town. I feel like, as a uh, sports media personality, it's the kind of thing I should just at least be at. So, today on the radio, I can talk about it. And um, the people that stopped me. They don't stop me and go, Hey, um, heard uh, what you said last week about the Rams' uh, offensive line. Yep, they go, Dude, I followed your whole season with your kid on in football and I saw you posting on Facebook and I saw you posting. God on Instagram. bless you, dude. Right? And that's it's, it. It's, it's, it's that's that's communicating with your audience,
0: and that's the radio that I like doing, yeah. but I haven't been able to figure out how to do it.
1: But you see, you and I had this conversation a long time ago, and this is this is me now programmer. Yeah. Okay. Here's what I want. Here's what I want as a programmer from the Chris Cantori show. I want you to talk to me about the real life stuff that you've experienced that so many other people in your exact age range have experienced as well, because you'll come off, in my opinion, as the inspiration for people who say, damn. That happened to him too, man. I yeah. thought I was the only person that happened to. And and that's the 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 morning show that I hear. You know it's
0: tough though because I've never been able to find the balance because I feel like when when I do embrace that stuff or put that stuff out there I feel like I'm whining complaining not uh, not being positive I've been accused of that you know be going on the air and, and talking about how the rent in San Diego's out of control and the salaries don't match the rent you know that's the type you of mean radio. The kind of
1: stuff that people talk about right and yeah. that's the
0: radio I like doing but yeah. that was also the radio I was condemned for you know
1: Well, it's got to be, it's got to be the, 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 the venue is so important. You're right. You know, this is why I love what you're doing with your podcast. And that's why, um, I think, you know, it's funny. You say you find my hustle inspirational. I find, dude, you know, I'm looking at everything you're doing. I want I'm looking at your microphone. I'm looking at your equipment. (laughs) I'm looking at how you set it up. I'm looking at what you traveled in. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the, the swag that you brought. I'm looking at everything you're doing and thinking, how come I'm not doing that?
0: I'll get you there. <laughs> I'll get you. Cause you're doing a radio show and that's what happened. You admitted it. You know, you said you're in the middle of the, in the craziness. I know what it's like to be in the middle of it. I saw it firsthand with you, but I do think you do have to figure out how can you give the right amount of time to that and
1: curate
0: your own thing
1: at the well, same time. Well, yeah. And the, the, my biggest issue is, and this is, you know, gets back to the original thing you started with, which is how do you chill out or how do you, you know, keep yourself cool. Um, so, I have the radio show every day, and people know that's what they know me for, right? They, they, they say, Hey, yeah, he's on the radio every day. And right. most people think, Well, you're on the radio from three to seven. You know, I mean, you got all day.
0: And I'll be honest, man, and this is coming from a dude who's been on the radio for 25 years plus in this town i'm shocked and i'm not saying this to inflate your already big ego uh, <laughs> everybody fucking knows you dude everyone i surf you know hey do you know scott Cable? you know just you know when i find out i work in radio i wish i wish the ratings i know the ratings yeah, yeah i know yeah. the ratings don't, it's amazing. don't necessarily I mean, that, compliment I, that and that's
1: and that see that right there is what drives me you know, is not even being number one in the ratings because the ratings are such, it's so unscientific. And if I got into a whole thing about, you know, what the ratings are, people who would tune in would would get bored, I think. But just suffice it to say, it's not accurate. It's not even close to accurate. I agree. And and people well, how do you, what do you mean? Well, if there's a million people in San Diego and a thousand of them are walking around with these meters, well, that means a thousand people represent a million people. And it's the same stuff in TV, you know, Nielsen ratings and whatever. But it, it's inaccurate. And and what happens is, I think, is if you're an advertiser on radio, especially now, when you're thinking about how you're going to move your dollars around and how you're going to get the most for them, um, most people want to go into some sort of digital media. And that that is what's motivating me right now to try and find an answer to how to um, how to keep radio. Because everybody's listening. I mean, that's just it, is it. All the statistics say that so many people still get their top music and their talk and their local from radio. Yep. Even though we've got lots of different options in the car now. And I'm just being I'm driven right now, Chris, and motivated to um, to try and find a solution, a marriage between digital and traditional. And so when I'm doing all this radio stuff, you know, and every day and it's and you know the grind of, of four hours of content a day.
0: Exactly. And it's
1: twenty hours of talking a week. Um and, and so it, it is a grind coming up with new content every day, trying to be fresh, making sure that you're you know, you're, you're doing the right stuff. It also on the air. beats the
0: shit out of you. Big After, time. When you're Big done time. with the show, oh, man, my God. I know. I'm friggin' putty. Dude,
1: the other night, I got off the air. We went three to seven. We did the show live from the uh, pregame of the Guns N' Roses concert, right? So we did the show out in front. I'm thinking to myself, you got all these rock stations in town. They're all pumping it up to get to their people, come out to the show, come by our place. We're broadcasting live, which is unique compared to what they're doing. I mean, they're doing promotional wheels and handing out like, you know, pens and shit. Right. And we're sitting there broadcasting live and we're creating a a stir because people are going in. Who does that anymore? Right. So I'm doing that because I want to be I want the attention. I want people to know our brand, you know. Yes. And so so, you know, we're still doing that, that old school kind of radio stuff to, to get out there and be noticed. But as
0: long as you're connecting it to digital,
1: that's all that matters. That's, that's the whole that's thing. That's all man. that matters. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to, what my point is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm not just doing daily radio. And this is why I'm so frantic usually. Right. <laughs> this is why I can't do, I can't concentrate on anything Of course. Because I got too much shit going on.
0: I get it. But I do want to bring this up, which is, you Yeah. You know, I mentioned that I have a lot of people bring your name up to me in public. In the past, when your name would come up, it usually had a lot of negativity or some negative shit attached to it where today I feel like you've reinvented yourself I don't hear people shit talking you as much and and if they do it's followed with but I love that guy (laughs) and it seems like you have changed over the last several years now your perception is is that true am I feeling that is that right I think
1: um, anybody who's ever been in radio will know exactly what I'm about to say Um, everybody in radio has probably seen Howard Stern's movie, private parts. I remember the scene where he gets fired and he's driving home and he's stopping for gas and he calls his wife and he said, "Um, never again. I'm not doing this ever again. You know, next time I get on the air, I'm doing it my way. And if I go out in a flame, you know, if I blaze out, well then tough shit, you know? And I think that when I got fired last, and, um, and you know, look, that was a, uh, we had a new CEO of our company. He lived in Washington, D.C. We had new owners of the company. They were not in the radio industry. They owned the Viejas Casinos, right? That, that's who it was.
0: They were looking to push and, you out. And they were looking to push me out. And I'm not out. just saying that because I know you. I know the fucking industry. Right, of course. And, and I know were, how it
1: works. Right, they were looking to push me out. They were looking to, they said, screw it. We can get these same ratings with lesser talent. You know, and and no, no offense to the guys that they hired, what they meant was we can do it cheaper, right? And so, um, anyway, when I came back, I finally, for the first time, really in my career, I actually had the choice to or not to come back. And by having that choice, I made some, uh, I created some some things that were more beneficial for me. Like I'm saying whatever the fuck I want to say, you know, outside of saying the N word or the F word on the radio, I mean. I have to be able to be to, to say what I want to say. I feel the same way, you know, and, and frankly, um, I had the, t- that time, I had that leverage and I used it. And, um, I think the other thing is now people ask me that too, you know, people just, know, they now know my deal. Yeah. You know, it's been 17 years on the air in this town. They've, they've heard me have three kids. I've got four. they they've heard about my kids growing up. They've heard about the highs and lows of my professional life. Uh, my personal life, I wear it, you know?
0: Yeah, and maybe it was because I was very close to it at the UT. I just remember how easy it was for people on the outside to villainize you at the time where I look at you now and I'm like, what you got, man? People, you, you cannot,
1: like, you can't get fired for something stupid and lose your whole career over it. Like, like, there's a guy in New York who I used to work with. Dude, I shared an office with this guy, and I always knew he was kind of like uh Not that he was a bad guy. He just, he had some really bad habits that could get him into trouble. This guy's name is Craig Carton. Have you read about this? Do you know this guy? This guy was the morning host at WFAN in New York City. He's making millions of dollars. He's become a superstar, written books, lots of TV appearances. I mean, making bank. Well, it turns out he was running some kind of like a Ponzi scheme in the ticket industry, and he was. Oh, maybe I did hear about this. Dude, he this. was taking. So, so essentially, he owed casinos hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on gambling debt, and who knows who else he may have right. that, owed that debt to. And then he was taking. He was telling people, you know, hey, invest in this. We're buying tickets for this concert at a hundred apiece. We're selling them at two fifty apiece. And he was taking everybody's money and he was just moving it all around. And now, rich, famous. The life he always dreamt of having and all down the drain, you know, and that might be really, really hard to recover from Right. versus saying something stupid on the air calling somebody a, a name that wasn't very nice, but it was intended to be funny, and if it worked for some, it didn't. But I've heard so much f and worse, man. Oh, my man. God, 10 times worse. That was the thing that blew my mind. But that's why they, they were just trying to get rid of me. Right. So, so you, had a, you, had a, you had a CEO from Washington, D.C., who was just trying to be a bottom-line guy because he has no emotion in the game because he lives in Washington, D.C. So he doesn't know me, doesn't know my family, doesn't know my kids, doesn't know what I do in town, etc. He's just a guy who's a black-and-white guy. And so he sees how much money I was making at the time and he said this can't go on. Right. So oh wait, we have an opening. He Here just it is. He, so let's get rid of him and let's drive him out of the market. But you know, I'm the kind of person I just this is just bad habits, man. Yeah. When somebody tells me no I want it more, you <laughs> the know, same way. you know, I know when, man. When, when somebody tries to, to, to hurt me, I'm coming out swinging. I yeah. have
0: that in me too, but I'm really trying to, especially this last year, soften that. I'm really trying to do my best to take that edge out of me because it has gotten me in trouble.
1: I know, but, but you know, that edge is what has made you. And I think that things like this, this is the new way of media. Yeah. I, I'm always shocked, Chris, how many listeners Tell me like 24 to 48 hours after something happened on the air, how much they liked it because they email me and they go, dude, I just listened to the podcast from Tuesday. Yeah, I'm like, and I I'm thankful, man. I am really thankful. <laughs> but but dude, I, I'm like, you did because I don't do that. Like, I don't go to other radio stations and go, hey, I wonder what this guy said. Let me listen to his podcast. Now, look, I get some podcasts that are emailed to me and i listened to them um, i wouldn't say like religiously but right. like like hey this i have time now's a good time and man that really was great i loved it but i think this is this is the future you can do what you want to well here. this is what
0: i love doing but if you can couple it with a broadcasting gig that's the ultimate goal and that's what i was trying to do at 1090 but obviously didn't work out but you never know how things can go on this crazy industry that being said, it does scare the shit out of me how much a lot of these radio stations are getting gobbled up by corporations. What do you have to say about that?
1: Well, I mean, like, I, I look at this last big move, right? I mean, CBS Radio, for years, was such a brand. Right. And and I, I worked for CBS Radio. Um, I, I always, like, aspired to work for those guys. You know, when, when I work on these Monday Night Football games, you know, Westwood One Radio. Well, Westwood One was a great brand when it it used to to be CBS, Westwood One, blah, blah, blah. I remember. I I remember listening to Howard Stern and Stuttering John would never identify himself as from The Howard Stern Show. Yep. Hi, I'm from CBS Radio. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And and so CBS Radio was such an iconic brand to me. And um, to see CBS and the way the media world has changed, to see CBS Radio get split off, if you will, from big CBS – And then and then get gobbled up by Entercom and watch Entercom become the number two media broadcast company in America, and and to know that the number one is in huge financial trouble, I don't know how that all really works. Which is iHeart, right? Yeah. So, um, I'm blown away by it. That that you know, it's it's just a a massive move. So then you're left with who else can you really work for in this town? Well, you see, the thing is, is. I really don't know, like, (laughs) like the future of, of radio in this town. Like for me, I look at, at 1090 right now. And I think I've got like two and a half years left on my deal. And I just wonder if, um, I wonder if, will will there be other companies now like Entercom, looking to go into sports or looking to go into talk, um, to attack the demographic. Right. And in the case of Intercom, obviously, you know, they've got the Padres now, and they've got to find a way. Yeah, to, what are they to, doing with that? You know, there's all the rumors that they're going to somehow try and support their four years that they have remaining with the Padres. Some sort of sports or talk programming. Wow. So that's been a hot rumor in town. Um, On
0: the FM stick? Yeah. And then you would have your station, and then you would have the iHeart 1360 station, right?
1: Yeah, and, and it's... and. I just don't know that there's enough sports fans to go around right. and hear my dog Is the that background. the dog that attacked my knee? Yes. He
0: drew blood by the way. Did he? Yeah. You should sue that's me. Impressive. You should sue me. It's all right. <laughs> I know you have nothing. <laughs> I know exactly.
1: <laughs> what you see is what you can have. I play I want that
0: I want that Christmas tree. That
1: is a Hanukkah Bush. Your Hanukkah just, Bush. Just so I don't feel guilty. When I go to synagogue once a year.
0: I do love the Hanukkah Harry on the mantle.
1: Yeah, I think think there's actually another name for that, but my kids would know. How old are the kids now? My kids are 17, 15, 14, and 11. Jeez. I know, dude. I've got an 11 and a 9, and the 15 and 17-year-old area scares the shit out of me. Dude, you don't even understand what just happened here. Um, in fact, if you look right here, see all those sunflower seeds? I just found those um, in, their, in a, something that's holding a cup of coffee on, a, on an ottoman. <laughs> right. um, last Monday night, I was working in Seattle. I was at a Monday night football game for Westwood One. Right. And um, my son, 17 years old, senior in high school, has pretty much the entire football team here in my house. Come on. And hot chicks, and they're off for the week of Thanksgiving. And I come home. And I'm like, something's wrong here, man. Something is wrong, because I I knew that the house was going to be clean on Monday because I was coming home on Tuesday morning, and I wanted it to be a certain way. And I came home and sunflower seeds and cigarette butts. Come on. And and like beer cans and stuff. And I go, what 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 happened here? My dad, my my son's like, you know, me and the guys had a couple of beers, dad. You know, it's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, as long, you guys didn't go anywhere, right? You just stayed here. He's like, that's right. I'm like, okay. And then I just started to investigate things. I'm like, okay, nah, something happened here. What, what's going on? And then, of course, my 13 year old daughter was here for it all. So she had video, Boom. And, and yeah, evidence now. And she had the time of her life, apparently, because the whole football team was here. And Come um, on. I know it sounds terrible, but uh, but I, I actually said to my son, I go, dude, I'm very proud of you. Like you're you're 17, you're a senior, you're a cool guy. You have friends. You took a big risk here, ballsy. I could have gotten in huge trouble. Somebody. God forbid something happens. I'm like, so it was really not a smart thing to do, but it was a gutsy thing to do. I said, but the smart man doesn't let your dad find all this crap when he gets home. Exactly. The smart man cleans the mess and we never have this conversation.
0: And the smart man doesn't let his sister run tape.
1: Correct. That's right. <laughs> right. And then confiscate Snapchat. the Snapchat. F- exactly. Yeah. You That's confiscate
0: right. the phone and mm-hmm. delete all the content. That's right. So did he get in trouble? Is he is he grounded?
1: Um he's not really grounded. I didn't, you know,
0: because that's a rite of passage, isn't it? If gonna, it becomes a recurring thing, then it's a problem. But the first time, isn't that
1: a rite of passage? You know what? Honestly, the house was ninety percent back to normal. Yeah, and I said, I, I, at least you guys tried. You know, maybe it was in the eighties. Yeah, I think I may have said eighty-five or something. I'm giving a little too much credit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but I I mean I didn't want look. I, the truth is, everybody's cars were still here, so everybody Ubered home. Oh, that's cool. They were responsible. My son must have been just so uptight, like, "Hey, my dad will kill me. You better Is he a Uber big partier home. or no? He hasn't been until his senior year, and then he, you know, became. He's on the football team. Yeah, and he and he had a really successful senior season as a player. So because he felt like he contributed, mm-hmm. he um, he was emboldened. Um, and he was also you know, kind of propped up by his buddies. You sure. Know? So I couldn't really be upset at the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so damn proud I of mean, him. I mean, that's <laughs> what
0: I mean. I get it, and that's where I kind of put it under the, under the category of rite of passage, yeah. unless he's being a dick or you're like, raising an asshole. No,
1: he's, he's actually an all right guy. He's a very cool guy.
0: Now, uh, as far as the little ones are concerned, because I've got little ones, and I would love a piece of advice as far as hitting the teenage years, because oh, I man. could tell my son... Like, for example, here's a story. My son has a sore throat, and he's been complaining about having a sore throat for a couple of days. And we're like, let's just play it out. Let's see how it goes. He's 11 years old, and we come home last night because my wife was working. My father-in-law was watching the kids, and my son's on the couch, and he's all mellow and just hanging out. Everything okay? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm real tired after taking that shot of Tylenol. And I'm like, my kid is taking drugs on his own, mm-hmm. taking a shot of children's Tylenol without parental supervision. And then it scared the shit out of me because then I'm going down the, the rabbit hole of when is it going to
1: be the weed or the beer? So, <laughs> so I mean, listen, I, I think when, when we were kids, like weed was very taboo right. and very illegal. And very frowned upon. And I can remember my dad like finding like um, grass in the um, bathroom, you know, like from my shoes or whatever. And he's like, "Is this weed?" Like, yeah, <laughs> they, they were nuts. I know. You know, militant. They were, they were crazy. I'm like, "It's not weed. It's just grass. Yes. I mean, the other kind of grass." You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, it's hard now because these kids now. Man, they got weed everywhere. Really? Oh, dude. Because
0: I really don't know what's around the corner. Oh
1: my god! I mean, right? I mean, there's weed everywhere, and it's not just like, well, first of all, how many people do you know smoke weed anymore? I mean, everybody is vaping. Truth. And and taking edibles. Yep. And so I know that these kids, even at young ages, have this stuff. Damn. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to tell my kids, look, you know, you're growing up in a different era. When I grew up. Um, if you were gay, it was problematic in the neighborhood. Now, if you're gay, that's cool. Do your thing. Whatever. Have your own. Do your thing, man. Back then, if you smoke weed, you were a bad kid. I know. Now it's like, yeah, like, so does everybody. (laughs) I mean, or at least that's sort of the the nonchalant attitude towards weed nowadays. Where does it
0: fall from your vantage? Where does it fall next to
1: Alcohol. Um I'd much rather have my kids Smoking weed. Than than drinking alcohol.
0: Okay, but just from the perception I mean, even of, though I don't want them touching it. No, yet, no, of course <laughs> I mean, like is weed more socially
1: acceptable than alcohol? I don't think so. I think a lot of these kids I think because I asked my kids a lot about it, and like one of my daughters is like Dad, can you come get me? I'm like, yes. Yeah, everything okay? She's like, you know, there's the kids are smoking weed, and, and I don't want to be a part of it. And I actually really respect that That's awesome. out of her. Yeah, she's she's 14. She's not into it at all. She doesn't like it. 14. Yeah, she doesn't she, like it. And her friends and her are. friends are already smoking weed. Damn. Yeah, and you know they get these these little um, pens, these little oh, yeah, uh, the like vape, vape pens and the cartridges. And somehow they get these cartridges. And and I'm like, you guys, this is not something you should be doing right now. Yeah. You know, your brains are not fully developed that's my parenting thing to say. Of course. (laughs) It's true, though. You guys should not be doing this. Of course. You know, you get get to be 18 years old, and you're in college, and you want to do all this. Dude, go for it.
0: Yeah, man, it's just such a trip for me because my son's 11, my daughter's nine, and I don't even know. I don't think they know what it is. Yeah, I, I, same thing with girls and sex. It's just like I'm waiting for
1: that. Oh yeah. When's that hum? When when is the hum? I took my 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 11 year old to Cabo for one night, and um, there were people smoking weed everywhere, you know, and the smell of weed yeah. was there. And um, man, oh man, she goes, "What is that smell?" And I'm like, "I think." It's kettle corn that got burnt or something. I think. I think that's what that is. You know, what she said to me, she's 11. She was, you know, what she said, she's uh, no dad. It's weed. That's awesome. <laughs> See,
0: my kid, my 11 year old would never say that. Although he would smell it and say, "Wait, Dad, that's the same stuff I smell at home. What's going on here? <laughs> Wait, that smells like Daddy. <laughs> What's
1: going on? Exactly.
0: Like my mom for years thought we had a skunk problem.
1: So uh, don't mind my dog. He's yeah, just, man. Your anytime, anytime somebody balls. walks. In, anytime somebody walks in front of the house
0: so while on the subject of family i do want to ask this delicately and i know this is something you don't throw down on mike often if at all um knowing that you were married for quite some time uh what's the situation is this uh is this the house that you're living in with just the kids now
1: so i've been married for 17 years and um i've been separated for a year
0: okay yeah yeah so it's uh, it's a separation at this juncture. Well,
1: I mean it's 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 everything is well no, I mean I'm getting divorced. I, mean, I just don't talk about it a lot because you know, if I talk about it on the radio, I know what's going to happen, you know. My kids are going to my kids will get upset and I just right. don't want to upset them, you know. The dog is this dog is on you, Chris. Don't like you. This he dog... didn't
0: like me asking that question. <laughs> He's like, are "You asking
1: my dad about his relationship?" <laughs> it's just it's hard, you know. You, you when you um I'm the kind of person that divorce, bankruptcy, these sorts of things, I constitute those as failures. I get that. And they're not necessarily failures. You know, I can point out a million people, exaggeration, but I can show you a list of very famous rich people who at some point in their life declared bankruptcy. Um I can show you the most motivational business types in the world who've been divorced. Yep. You know, I I thought of it as failure because that's the way I grew up. Me too. You know, my parents are married. My grandparents were all married. My wife's parents are married. Her grandparents all married till they died. And, and so to me, you were supposed to say, I do. And then be married until you died. Yep. And for years I tried to, to do that and it just had, it didn't work at the end. And I finally got over it. I finally said, okay, I got to, I got to, this dog is going to drive yeah, us yeah, nuts. Yeah. Um, I finally just said, dude, I can't really, I can't really live like this anymore. Yeah.
0: You know? And was it uh, really just coming to terms with the fact that that didn't make you a failure?
1: Well, I, I had a, one of my closest friends. I remember he, he was getting divorced and I said to him, I think this is a really bad idea. I don't think this is a good idea at all. And he said, well, why not? And I said, well, you're kind of a well-known person and you come from a really well-known family and you getting divorced, just going to look bad publicly. It's just not, it's just not going to look good, you know? And he went, well, I'm unhappy and I can't live like this anymore. And you know what? You only get one time. And for me, um, I was the kind of person that just would do anything. I'm one of my big personality failures is is this this ability this desire, this belief that I can fix anything. And I can't fucking fix anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. You're not in control. I, buddy. I can't fix anything. I know. And I tried so hard to fix something that I could not fix. And so um, once I came to the realization that I actually I was sitting with a therapist and I said to the therapist, I feel like I'm quitting. You know and he said to me, it's not you who quit. Look at the other side. And, and listen, I'll tell you, Chris, I mean, my, my wife, 17 years, four children, there were a lot of happy times. And I want nothing but the best for her. I swear to you, I know that sounds like cliche and what you're supposed to say. I want her to be happy. I want her to be healthy. I want her to live a great life. I want her to be a good mom to, her, to our kids. Um, but for now, I've just made a decision. I got to do something a little different. And I got to say, I hate to say it like this because this may sound a little cold, but like once I made the decision and I started to concentrate on the other stuff that I wanted to concentrate on, man, a lot of good stuff started to happen.
0: Did you learn a lot about yourself during the process?
1: Well, I, <laughs> I, I'd say I'm still going through the process. Yeah. You know, I really am. I feel like um, you ever meet somebody who um, says, hey, um, uh, my wife died. You know, and you're like, oh, that's that's so sad. That's so terrible. Yeah, but she'd been battling cancer for five years, and you know, thankfully, you know, she's in a better place. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And, and you've heard all these cliches. Sure. And then and then, and then you find out and you, that the person got like remarried like six months after the death <laughs> of the of the spouse. Sure. And you think, well, geez, that's a little cold. Like, man, you barely buried this person, and, right? You know, now you're already married. But what you find out is is that the relationship had really unfortunately ended. Like five years years earlier because of the the sickness and everything that was going on. And so, you know, the reality was is that even though somebody was alive, the relationship was essentially not any longer because of someone's health. And that was really kind of the same thing for me is that I didn't know it. But as I look back on it now, as I do a lot of reflecting about it, I'm like, wow, this thing. Years ago, we were in big trouble, right?
0: Which would explain certain behaviors and certain things. I get that. Yeah. And, and then you take accountability and hopefully become a better person on the other side.
1: I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Hardly. I'm very far from perfect. But here's what I think I've learned. I, I'm like, what do I need in in my life? You know, what do I, I need, I need um, partnership. You know, I need, um, I need someone who and i'm not looking for that person yet. <laughs> you yeah. know, i'm just it, things are things are still raw. I know. You know? I know what you need. But i guess what i'm saying is we all is, need
0: the same thing. Yeah. You need a partner, you need someone that's rooting for you, pushing you along, lifting you up when you're down.
1: The whole bit. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. We we're, we're looking for partnership. And and um, you know, that's that is ultimately you know, i can't believe i'm really talking about this, but i mean that's ultimately what i didn't feel like i had any longer. In the relationship, that's all. Yeah, you know.
0: Well, I appreciate your honesty, man, and your transparency on the subject because uh, people who listen to this podcast—it's not gonna. None of this stuff is gonna surprise anybody, (laughs) and they're they're used to shit getting pretty deep, and they've heard me they've heard me crying on this microphone, so. We're all good, man. And I appreciate, again, your time and your, your dog biting the shit out of my knee <laughs> and uh, allowing me to sit in your home and look at the ocean and eat your uh, burritos. Dude,
1: well, thanks for coming because um, I've known for so long I need to podcast. And I, I was using like the radio station to podcast some things, um, but I never really felt like I... Um, I was podcasting what I wanted to podcast. Right. You know, I was sort of still podcasting some sports talk related stuff. I did a podcast with Kevin A. C. you know, newspaper guy versus radio guy, just two guys debating back. I and remember. Forth. And it was fun for a little while, ran its course. My my good friend John Carney, who used to be the kicker for the Chargers, I've done some podcasting with him called the Kickers Podcast, where very niche stuff. You know, we're talking about kicking, field goals and, sure. and and how to, you know, mentally do things and how to physically do things. And we're interviewing kickers about kick And that was niche stuff. I want to do a very mainstream sort of podcast. That's what I think you should do. And watching you today and all the equipment and um, how easy it is. And I've been thinking all along, like this particular room that we're in right here, this should be my podcast room where people come in and we sit down and everything's so chill the way we're sitting here, comfortable, hanging out. And this is the environment I want to try and create in a podcast because I mean, I don't know when, do you listen to other people's podcasts? All the time. I know we're going to wrap up, but I just I no. listen to a great podcast. Uh, do you listen to Tim Ferriss at all? No, but I know a ton of people who do. Like I, I know people tell me all the time, you should listen to Joe Rogan. I've never listened to Joe, and I love Joe's work, and I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of his, and I never have got a chance to listen. Because there's just so much content out there, right? Sure. But, but for some reason, somebody gave me this Tim Ferriss, and, and as a result, I get emails from him. I mean, dude, constantly berating me with emails. And I mean, good. Like, it's not like bad. He gets me once a week. I look at it. Am I interested? Am I not? I mean, it's really amazing the way he's connected to his audience.
0: That's what we're doing here. Yeah. same thing.
1: And he, he, he sent a, 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 um, a podcast the other day, 20 minutes long about saying no. And I'm the worst at saying no, you
0: and me both, Dude, buddy.
1: People ask me all the time, and I'm like, in my heart, I'm going, "Don't say yes, don't say yes. You have other things to do. It's taking your time. You have your kids you got to deal with. You, you got, you know, it's too much time. It's too much travel. Don't say yes." And then I just say yes because I can't say no. I do the same thing. And he told this amazing story. And he actually put, he had a new book, and he wrote in his book um, he he gave examples of people turning him down for interviews for his book, and he gave these three examples, and they were all. Like you listened to them all and you went, those all sound like legitimate reasons not to want to do this. So today, I finally decided to put it into motion. I said, I've got to say no to something. And I have a guy who I've known for years. And I have a little tiny bit of a business relationship, very little. Um, and he he wanted me to come emcee a charity function. I get him all the time. <laughs> and, I, and, and he had seen me and he had seen me at a charity function yep. just a few months ago. And he said, I really would love it if you would come MC this. And he explained to me what it was about. And it was a phenomenal charity. So good. Right in my wheelhouse, you know. Um, it was about college kids who coach underprivileged kids. They get college credit for it. The kids get like a coach. The, the numbers are staggering how much it helps these kids in, in, in underserved areas um, when they get coached. And it sounds like such a great charity. But I just can't make the commitment. Yep. So I, after listening to this podcast... I, I wrote the nicest letter I could write saying, thank you so much for inviting me. I know it's going to be a huge success. What you may not know about me is that I'm busy with X, Y, and Z, which means I cannot add anything else to my plate right now. Here's a suggestion for someone who I think would be a phenomenal person to host your what event. What a great way to you, handle you know? it. And, then, and I said, but thank you so much. I know it's going to be great. I look forward to hearing all about it, but I'm just not able to right now. Thank you. And- I felt so relieved I felt so relieved And I thought to myself (sighs) I know The night of the event The stress That I'm going to put myself under I know I want it to be great. I want to do a good job. I want these people to, to walk away thinking that I did them right, but I don't want to be here because you know what? I don't have a babysitter at home right now, and I've got four kids at home, and I really need to be there. My daughter needs help with her homework. Or I committed today to something in March, and my daughter's got a soccer game, and now I can't be at the game because I committed to these. I, I just can't do it right now. <laughs> I know. And then inside,
0: <laughs> and this is what's even worse, I, it's even hard for me to admit this, I sometimes will find myself in those environments after saying yes, actually building a resentment 100%, on sight. 100%. And then I start beating myself up oh. going,
1: I'm such a dick. I'm such a dick. 100%. You know I, that feeling? Dude, I, I, I hosted this event. Um, over the Breeders' Cup. This was a couple weeks ago. It was a big international sporting event, okay? And I knew I needed to be visible. And um, I, I, Dick Emberg was being honored, and I was somebody who helped convince Dick to please be a part of it to help raise money for the Boys and Girls <laughs> Club. And, and I promised that I would emcee it, right? And I swear to you, Two days before this event, I'm dying. Yep. I'm absolutely dying because because I know that I want it to be great. I know, you know? and I and I'm not as prepared as I should be, mm-hmm. and I've got way too much other stuff going on. And in the end, I must. I'll tell you that in the end, I pulled it all together. I I had um, probably one of my best performances ever sure. as an MC. But the whole time I was dying because I just knew that I wasn't, I didn't feel as prepared as I wanted to be. I wanted to give this maximum effort. I wanted this to be special for Dick. I wanted it to be great for the Breeders' Cup. I wanted it to be awesome for the people who came in from outside of San Diego. I just put so much pressure on myself. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Like anybody listening to this going, please stop being such a pussy I I get it but but you'd be shocked how many performers are dying before they go out on stage and perform
0: exactly at the same time what is the biggest fear that people have in their life people go to freaking clinics for public speaking getting in front of people presenting in front of a meeting people have a polarizing fear of that shit
1: and so do we I've never really had that terrible fear what I'm saying is this anxiety of the leading uh, up to right it's, it's I want it to be great. I want to do a great job. And, and I'm overcommitted when you're overcommitted. Okay. I'm finding this. This is like my, you know, my thought going into 2018 is, is that I can't make everybody happy. Yeah, You're going to let somebody down when you overcommit. Right. And that's what I do all the time. So I'm trying to go into the new year with less clutter, with, um, with less chaos So that I can concentrate on the things that I actually really want to concentrate on. And those things, at least as I look forward just a little bit, are the radio show. Yep. um, Continuing to cultivate relationships with the audience and the advertisers. So keeping the radio show successful and making it more successful. That's like always top priority. I have this startup business now that is, I mean, it's just unbelievable how I got into this business and where we're going in this business. That's like I've got investors now. I've got people looking at me saying, "Where are we? You know, how's yeah, my money? Answer how's my money?" To people. Yeah, and and I'm I'm trying to put every ounce of energy into that, you know. And and beyond that, I've got four kids and one that's graduating high school, and I've got three girls, and they're all becoming teenagers. I want to put every ounce Ooh. of energy into that.
0: <laughs> now I'm you know stressed. I
1: mean? I mean, my point is, is that <laughs> you just. But at some point, it's okay. I think to actually say to somebody, "I'm really sorry." I just can't anymore.
0: Well, it's interesting, man. There's a guy. I learned so much of my life lessons and wisdom from people I meet in the parking lot down at the beach. It's been that way now for 15, 20 years. And there's a guy who lives out of his van he uh, he he's a bona fide vagabond i mean the guy lives out of his van he's off the grid and celebrates the fact that he's off the grid but you would meet him and say wow this no different than me or you just regular guy well educated had a career and then went off the grid lives in his a good looking dude great surfer but uh i'll never forget one day he pulled me aside and he said i forget the exact verbiage but It relates to what you're saying, which is a man who can say no is a man who has power or a man who is free. And I'll never forget that. That's an
1: amazing thing to say.
0: And I just remember thinking that
1: going, wow, I don't
0: know really what that means. But in context with what you're saying,
1: it's just. Well, think about it. It rings
0: so true. Yeah, I
1: mean, I feel so powerless in my inability to say no, that it's as if I'm just anybody's who wants me. Yep. And I know that sounds, again, It's I don't mean to come off sounding arrogant, I guess what I'm trying no, to say is, no. is like, okay, so somebody has a charity event, it's a really amazing, worthwhile experience, and it's something that I should support, even though I'm supporting a bunch of other stuff, um, but I can't be everywhere, right. and and I do, you know, and I always feel like, you know, I do have four kids at home, is that, can I just rely on that and use them as yes.
0: an excuse? Yes, I say yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's just it, it's like... I, I Listen, do. I got I four do. kids. I got a bunch going on. I'm really sorry. I just can't do it. You know? a-
0: and people can relate to this though, because it's no different than my wife and in her circles and saying yes to all these different commitments and then getting overwhelmed. People can relate it to their individual lives as well. It's not just the life of somebody who's on the radio being asked to auction or MC an auction or whatnot.
1: Right. So. I mean, right. So it's no different than hey, can you come join the PTA? Well. I'd love to join the PTA, but I'm working. Exactly. you know,
0: Working full time, um, and we got to get the health insurance and everything paid. So I, I celebrate the fact you're learning to say no, <laughs> but I also new. celebrate the fact that uh, you said yes to this.
1: Well, dude, anything for you, man. Seriously. I mean, we're <laughs> brothers, colleagues, friends. And uh, and again, I, I can't wait to get into this myself.
0: Thank you, Scott. I, I, I appreciate that, man, especially after a pretty tumultuous year. It's nice to know you have uh, people out there who who support and and look out for you, and that's what it's all about this day and age. You got to look out for each other, right? Absolutely. And I look out for you, and I appreciate you. Looking out for me and what we're doing here at You Online. Again, if you haven't uh, checked out the website, please do. It's yewonline.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. Those platforms are starting to move. And if you want to show your support, best way to do so is by visiting the You Store. Get yourself a T-shirt, a hat. We've got some new beanies in there and uh, rad long sleeves, which has the, uh, the sugar skull. Designed by my homie Nate over at SaltyTimbers.com. Get yourself uh, a piece of gear, merch. That's a great way to uh, support and represent at the same time. And if you do order something at YewStore.com, UStore.com, uh, in the next couple of days or week or so, I'll make sure the stuff gets shipped out before Christmas. Okay? Appreciate you. Love you. Until next time. Oh, I do want to thank the patrons. I always forget, because it's always weird talking about Patreon, because, I mean, your money helps so much, but it's so weird taking it, (laughs) swear, but uh, thank you to the patrons, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash U-Y-E-W, thank you to Dave, to Mike, to Forrest, to Butch, to Jason, to Mariposa Ice Cream with locations in Normal Heights, Oceanside, Temecula, And uh, technically, Mariposa, the executive producers of the show, based on their contribution. And and I love you all. I really do. Until next time, be well, much aloha, and R.I.P. Dick.